Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt it's, podcast. It's, it's, okay. It's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Nah, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Are you confessing over there? Yeah, I can't help it. I got uh, you got puker shore. Jumping the gun to Oktoberfest because I want to feel like it's oh, fall. It's not regular puker shore. It's it's Oktoberfest. And then I got this mammoth distilling whiskey, which is 112 proof. So there's like a little drop in there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, aka also the okayest podcast. In all of the, the Midwest. Midwest. Yeah, look at that. You owe me a freaking Coke. <laughs> uh, we're coming at you from the okayest Hunter podcast studio. If you don't know what that means or you know what the hell we're talking about, that's fine. But you should definitely head over to okayesthunter.com and check out some of their merch, their hats, the antler cap, which we're sporting again because uh, I just like it. It's comfy and it's, it's just an antler on the hat. And honestly, if you just like deer hunting, it's a cool page to follow. It's great. That's good blog you, content and yeah. If you're if you're not into shooting monster bucks, even if you are into shooting monster bucks, still not a bad one to follow along with. All about the memories. You might get a, a good kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, code W2H Podcast will save you ten percent on your purchase, your final order, whatever it is you put in a shopping cart. Uh, we got a couple others here. Before I roll the backwoods grind ad. You can enter in code W2H podcast, W2H podcast, W2H podcast for 10% off. Good Lord. Let's do it. Let's do it. Whether you're at work, in a tree stand, or simply waking up, it's important to be alert. And there's no better way to get there than with Backwoods Grind Coffee. Ground fresh for every order, delivered straight to your door. Backwoods Grind Coffee. Take a look at your feet. You wearing gum leaf USA boots? You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. Each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. So the guy that did those commercials, mm-hmm. it's his birthday today. It is. Big 2-1. Oh, boy. He's trashed already. Look out, world. <laughs> <laughs> he's having a good time. I bet he's going bar to bar using that voice. I don't know what he's doing, but every time someone plays it, they're like, I can't believe that's you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's pretty great. He did a good, he did a good job with all that. Yeah, he did. Um, you want to do some Vector Custom Shop? Sure. 
Uh, if you're looking for a set of arrows built to your specs, look no further than Vector Custom Shop. Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. Uh, check out what they've got to offer. They'll build you a test pack of two arrows, pretty much however you want it. Uh, if you want them different weights, different spines, uh, they'll build them up and send them out to you. You can test shoot them, see what you like best, and then you can go back to VectorCustomShop.com and you can order a half dozen or a dozen. And when you do that, you go to checkout, uh, enter code where to hunt and that'll save you 10% off your purchase. Which is good. Yeah. Save some money. Save a little money. Save every bit you can. Someone just told me last week that they use the uh, discount code for Backwoods Grind. And prayers to those guys, by the way, because their dad, um, one of the one of the founders is in the Jonathan, hospital. Is it Jonathan's mm-hmm. dad? Yeah. With uh, the Rona. And it hasn't been going great, although it seems like it's... No, it seemed like it was going okay at first. Two steps and forward, it, one step back yeah. in the scenario. And we, we have a family friend that has had that issue and they're looking at a lung transplant now Jeez, because it was it was back and forth back and forth it was going better and then it went went right downhill so prayers to those people who are fighting with that yep happy to support them they're still getting coffee out though they got a good team around them and it sounds like their dad is asking every day do we sell any coffee today that's awesome how many many bags went out so he's still with it he's doing doing good but he loves the business from what i understand which is cool um we got today oh we got uh Zebediah Wyak. Did I mess it up? Did I he said kayak but with a W. Zebediah, did I did I uh get it right? You got on me. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I usually butcher it, so oh man. Anyway. Hey man. Uh welcome to the OKS podcast in the Midwest. We want to Say hi to some folks in the comments too. Matt Galbrecht, what up? Levi, hello. How are you, Levi? Um, Art, welcome to the show. I haven't seen you on here before. And uh, Zebediah, you and I did a, 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 what do we do? A shot of the week, uh, like a couple months ago? Oh, yeah. Yep. You were a bold soul. We were. I was fishing for people on Instagram. <laughs> Tell me a story. Come on. And you probably just got sick of hearing me talk to myself, which is usually what happens. Well, I think you caught me like probably eight highlights deep, so I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> I remember your wife showed up on camera for like two seconds. She's like, what the hell are you doing? You're like, I'm just talking to this podcast guy. <laughs> that was great. I do that to my wife all the time. She's like, she's like, yeah. you're always live. God dang it. <laughs> Your wife probably just like mine, where she'll roll her eyes and go, "Oh, it's just a bunch of deer dorks talking deer hunting again." Pretty much. But your wife's a killer. Didn't she kill like a lot of the deer in the wall that we were you were showing us? She's done pretty good. Um, she's got um, her first buck was a six with no brows. She's got a really nice ten pointer down here. She shot uh, what was it three years ago? She went a year without killing one, then she shot a eight pointer. Last year or the year before? Yeah, she's a killer. That's cool, man. She's a way better shot than I am, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you're sitting there bragging about her, and then she's like, you're like, oh, hey, what are you doing down here? She's like, what the hell are you doing on the phone? Is that Jake from State Farm? <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> what are you wearing, Jake? I'm actually wearing khakis, so how about that? Not to be too weird, but... Dude, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you like to hunt? What do you like to use? You public, private? Um, give us a lowdown. Sure. Um, 
I grew up in uh, central Wisconsin, um, Nakusa, Wisconsin. It's like Wisconsin Rapids area. Yeah. Um, my family was has always been like a big outdoors family. Um, got an identical twin brother, so that was cool. Growing up, uh, my dad introduced us to pretty much everything and anything to do with hunting. And he kind of let us figure out what we wanted to hunt afterwards. And we both kind of geared towards chasing whitetails with bows. So that's our our main thing like that I really love to do right now is chasing whitetails with bows. Um, all public land for the most part. Every once in a while, um, I got to hunt some private um, up north Wisconsin, uh, central Wisconsin. After grad school, I moved out to Pennsylvania. I got to uh, hunt in Pennsylvania for probably like almost a year and now i'm in western wisconsin by the cross uh chasing whitetails and a pretty target rich environment definitely the driftless area is loaded with deer yep and i guess my favorite weapon of course is is the bull yeah what are you shooting i'm not a gearhead i don't know why i asked um, that question I, but... shoot no, I shoot an elite um this is like their 2016 flagship bow, whatever that was. I think it's a synergy. Cool. Um, yeah, I like it. It shoots shoots pretty straight. Is it a single cam or dual dual cam or what is? Um, it's a dual cam. It's got some power. It's got some speed. Yeah, I threw some 80 pound limbs on it, so it oh shit, it throws them pretty good. Yeah, Greg and I were just shooting in the yard here before we got on, and. Uh... <laughs> We're both shooting the vector arrows, so they're they're packing a punch. But he's got a little bit more weight behind his bow. I got a single cam bear um, empire. I don't. What are you shooting, Greg? Um, that's a Matthews Halon thirty two. How many pounds are you pulling back? Uh, thir- I'm pulling seventy pounds back on 70? that one. I think I'm at yeah. sixty on mine. Sixty five, yeah. maybe. Don't matter. But any in any event, your arrows are punching through a little bit further than mine. Well, I'm You're shooting a lot heavier fence. arrow too. Yeah. yeah. I, jump, yeah, I jumped on the, the fairy dust too. I knew. Yeah, I jumped on the heavy arrow bandwagon just to try it out once and see how I like it. And there isn't too many targets that can hold those arrows back. <laughs> it's a good thing Man. we put that hunk of fence up, right? Yeah, we would I mean, it wouldn't have gotten too much further, but you know, dig them out of the pine tree. So, lacrosse is that? So we hunt um, Grant County for a gun. How lacrosse? How far is that from Grant County? Uh, I think that's south of here. I don't know, probably in two counties, two or three counties. Or so. Is it a couple yeah. counties? Yeah, it's a couple counties south, because you're north of the river there. You get the lemon wire that runs through there, and probably a few other ones. But uh, yeah, you're where you're at. You're probably half hour, forty five minutes. It's pretty terrain out there. Love country. It's driftless. We talked about it. It's nice. Um, so what's your, like you, you started hunting young. It's cool. That you got a twin brother. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Um, the topic for today that we're trying to unpack is kind of going from hunting, whatever to switching gears to hunting mature whitetails. And, uh, you know, you had mentioned you know, before we hit the record button that, you know, you know, shoot whatever walks in front of you, which is great. You know, obviously we're up in the okay as hunter. So that's our mantra here. But it's interesting to consider what what was that transition like for you? Like, how did you make that that leap or that jump? Or like, w- tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of how do you, you know, how other folks might consider something similar? Yeah, um, 
the first part, just a little disclaimer, I really miss shooting any and every deer that came in front of me I had a tag for because there's no other excitement like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I grew up hunting, uh, you know, majority with my dad and my brother, and we would just go and, you know, we'd sit in Oaks, and, I mean, it's a pretty foolproof formula. You sit in Oaks where, you know, there's some deer on, there's some deer sign, and you get in the Oaks just close enough to the thick stuff, and more than likely a deer's going to come out one of them times, and, you know, you shoot it, and most of the time it was always, you know, we're seeing does or somebody got lucky enough to shoot a spike, and it was just awesome. I mean, we we did that for, oof, you know, probably our first 10 12 years every once in a while you know you'd see a nice buck and it'd be like wow they actually do exist like they're not this mystical creature that's you know only comes out on three days in november when there's a full moon that's how i and, perceive uh, them by the way <laughs> it's just you know like when you start out hunting it's like man i see these big bucks on people's walls but you know i don't see them and uh yeah so then we went to college and we had the same mindset um hunting up north it was hey anything and everything that came out like some of our fondest memories are shooting spikes with our buddies um after class but then it kind of switched to man there's we're seeing good deer sign and stuff and in rifle season you know on drives you're kicking up a good buck every once in a while and it's like we should be able to you know start finding these guys because there's signs there um so it kind of took me um, I moved back to my parents' house in central Wisconsin. Um, I went to grad school at Stevens Point and I got on this property. It was like 50 acres and there was some really good deer on it. So it's like, Oh, I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait for a nice one. So I started waiting and I actually had a couple encounters, um, with some nice bucks and it's like, all right, I guess, you know, something's happening where I must've done something and I didn't really know what I was doing, but there was a rub line and I sat on the rub line and course i blew the shot because it busted me drawn because i was just you know for lack of better terms peeing all over myself trying to shoot a nice buck for the first time <laughs> and uh so after that the ball really got turning but then i moved out to pennsylvania and you know there it they have the i think it, where i was it was a three point one side restriction so what then, year like, what year well, is that how old were really you when you went to pennsylvania um was it 2014 yeah i think that was 2014 but i guess i got to rewind because in 2013 my brother um was out in nebraska and i went out there and then i shot like my first 10 pointer i think it was with a muzzle loader and then it was like oh man yep you can actually kill these things in the daylight like it just kind of clicked like mm. i should start going after these and, uh, yeah, so that would have been 2014 when I moved to Pennsylvania and I was, it was completely square one. And I heard a bunch of things about Pennsylvania deer hunting and some good, a lot bad, but I was like, well, I don't know where to start and I love eating deer. So I put in and I got two doe tags and a buck tag and I had to wait for a good one. And I ended up shooting a pretty nice eight pointer, um, and then it must have been, so that kind of started, I had two what I would prefer or call like nice rack bucks to my name. I was like, man, I want to keep this rolling. Um, then I got a job back in Western Wisconsin where I'm at right now on the cross. 
and you know you pay attention to like buck boards or anything you know regarding deer hunting and you know all anywhere from buffalo county down to prairie du chien and down to the whole western side of wisconsin it's like man there's giant deer down here and uh so i started wondering and then i found of course like a lot of people now the hunting beast and i ordered uh the hill country bedding because i wanted to know how to hunt hills sure and then after that it just flipped a switch what was your big takeaway from that because you're in you're in a hilly area of course like that's that's bluff country man yeah i got pretty lucky the first time um i hunted hills because you know we hunted Central Wisconsin and Northern Wisconsin was all flat ground swamps and pine plantings and, you know, just thick stuff. And then, you know, my first, you know, when I started hunting the hills, it's like, how can there be big bucks here? Like, I can see through most of these woods, like, a decent ways. And then you start talking to people, it's, well, it's the topography. Well, the deer can get big because they can hide from people. And it's like, oh. Then I watch hill country and it's like bucks bed up high for the most part. They've got the wind pretty much coming from 360 at the military crest. And yeah, they're pretty much sitting there in their watchtowers and they can see it coming or smell you and they're gone. So that was kind of my big takeaway. And then the first time I tried it, I actually saw um, the buck that I think the picture that came with this podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, grabbed shit. Sorry. (laughs) And I'll use the other one for the, for the, once the episode's done, but I mean, that was a great looking buck. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of my big takeaway is I actually saw that buck the first time I went and, uh, hunted a point coming off a cornfield, um, with, you know, the wind blowing down the point. And I actually was walking into that tree. So it was basically like, 240s in on an easement it was an mfl piece which is now out of the program so there was like a half mile easement in and then there was 80 acres and i had to walk all the way around those 80 acres up a bluff and then back up the bluff um that the cornfield was on but that point there was two points and there was one right on like the outside corner of the cornfield and that's when i wanted to hunt but I cut the point too short and I ended up walking right up that point. And this is before I had like Onyx or anything on my phone to actually see what I was doing. And I saw him sneaking away from me. I was like, holy crap. I just saw a really big book in my book. Like I'll call it 120 or whatever inch. Like if I see a eight pointer with a 18 inch spread when I'm hunting, I'll say it's a giant because it gets me jacked up. And uh, I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, you're you talking to the- for me. We're your people, man. We're, we're right there with you. Yeah. You get the ticker going, and I'm all about hunting it. Um, but, yeah, I've seen him sneak away from me, and then he kind of, you know, he he didn't bolt. He just kind of snuck, like I've seen him do, like in deer drives or, you know, in different other things. And I was like, huh. And then I ended up going back in there a week and a half later with my brother, and he came right off that same point right to me and i shot him at like 20 yards oh wow nice 20 yard shot that's perfect that's what we were shooting at tonight dialing at 20 yards it was it was beautiful like you couldn't ask for you know a more picture perfect setup and he came in at like 4 30 and didn't get dark till like 7 okay 
he just came trotting by and I had happened to be standing up. So I stopped him and I whacked him and I was like, man, like those guys are right. Hill country. They bet on the points if they're not getting messed with. And, and so you're like, uh, what I've learned from some of that stuff, like the thermals are a little bit complicated maybe, but just thinking about like wind direction and the fact that they'll bet on the leeward side. Um, so the wind is rolling over their back, over their head, whatever. Um, once you start to realize that and think about that, it, it, it is a bit of a game changer. If you haven't been introduced to that thought process before, it makes sense. Once you start to think about it, you're like, well, yeah, well, no shit, that's what they're going to do. But if you didn't consider that before and you weren't trying to play the wind, you know, you just, you're just kind of like out there, like it's like ice fishing without a Vexler, you know, you're, or, a you know, a Markham, whatever well, it is you now use. Now you're speaking my language. Right now you're like, <laughs> you're just fishing blind. You're just drilling holes. hoping that, you know, you understand the lake, you're off the shore, you know, there's a drop off here, but you know, without marking them, you don't really know the hell you're dealing with. Do they like the bait? Do they not? And when you think about deer hunting, the more you learn and add to your arsenal, like thermals, wind direction, leeward versus not where they're betting based on food. I just heard some from the hunting public a couple of weeks ago. Um, and they talk about looking at a topo and looking at Google, Google maps or whatever. And like, it should look colorful. It should be like when you go to a salad bar, you're not just going to eat a bunch of freaking lettuce. You're going to eat sunflower seeds and olives and croutons and whatever the fuck you're going to put on your salad. So the deer wants, if, if it looks colorful, yep. you're in an area where there's a lot of uh, variation in what they're going to eat. But then you start to add that into the wind and the, it's like, oh my God, this is like, it's like a black hole. It never ends. Um, oh, it'll make your head spin. You know, but whatever. I'm I'm taking the stage here. I just spin. it's cool that you learned something and you put it to use and applied it, and then you got you got it done. I mean, what a great feeling! Your brain must have been freaking dropping a bunch of dopamine, going, "You did it, fucker!" <laughs> like you figured it out. Oh man! All right, this seems like the perfect time to take a quick break for. The shot of the week. Everybody, the shot of the week is brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Please, if you haven't, uh, head on over to vectorcustomshop.com and you can enter in code where the number two, the word hunt for 10% off. And if you don't know who or what Vector Custom Shop is, they manufacture arrows. They manufacture thick-walled micro-diameter arrows that are very heavy. They use the ethics insert-outsert system to kind of uh, go after this whole heavy arrow thing that's been going around. And tell you what, they pack a punch, a serious punch. More than that, these arrows are custom-built to your specifications. So, depending on what kind of bow you shoot, the poundage, uh, the draw you know, weight, the length, uh, single cam, dual cam, what are you hunting? Are you hunting on the ground? Are you hunting the tree scent? All that stuff goes into consideration when they build your arrows. When you get them, they arrive at your doorstep. You can buy a pack of two as a test, fling them down range, see how it works for you. And then when you get it dialed in, um, maybe I make a couple corrections, maybe you don't, you can go buy six, uh, half a dozen or a dozen and uh, get it done. Really great product, great people. They're based here out of Wisconsin, good friends of ours. So uh, please, it'd mean a lot to us and them if you go check them out at the very least. And uh, the shot of the week is a really fun one this week coming from Adam Miller with Bow Hunter Chronicles. He jumps on with us on Instagram Live and shares his story. Let's hear it. So uh, for your shot of the week, that buck right there was like the biggest buck I'll probably ever kill. He was just um, just over 150 when we Greek scored him. Um, and it was like the worst day, best day 
ever. We had seen that buck a year before on the exact same day down in Southern Ohio. And um, so John and I drove through the night, got there, had like two hours of sleep, got up, got our license and uh, drove with, you know, went to Walmart, drove right there. And it was like, we just read an article that said you had to be in the, you know, that bucks, if you'd seen them in a stand on one certain day and they were still alive that same day, the next year, they'd probably be on the same pattern. So um, we were like, well, we're going to give it a shot, you know, because I mean, it was a, a big buck, right? And we were going down there, might as well test it. So by the time I got set up, it was just getting light. I mean, it was probably already shooting light. And right up above me was a, a doe on this ridge. And I'd put out a, a scent can. And um, he, right behind that doe, I seen this bush moving. And then all I seen was antlers. And I mean, when he turned, there was no question of whether he was a shooter or not. I mean, you could see, I mean, he's wide as my shoulders, like 20, 20 some inches inside. I don't know. I don't remember. But um, anyways, he, he comes down the hill right on a, I mean, right on a string to that scent can. The scent can was 14 yards. And so when I was a kid, my dad had always said, you know, when you see a buck that you want to shoot, don't look at his antlers. <laughs> so, because that's where your arrow will go, you know? And uh, so I, he, as he was coming down, he got behind a tree. I drew back and he stepped out and he kind of did the, like, you know, he knew something was up at that point, but I was already at full draw and I had missed the deer by not shooting him frontal, um, earlier in the year. I waited for a, a better shot, tried to sneak one through my arrow exploded. I watched my light not go right over his face. So I was like, I'm going to, this is a big deer. I'm going to shoot him. So I put the pin right here and I shot him and, uh, he ran off and the arrow was like sticking out, like right next to his antlers. And I'm like, I shot him in the antlers. Like, I'm like, I shot this deer in the face. And, uh, I mean, I was just devastated, just sick. And, um, we, uh, you know, we were going to sit all day. And like 10 o'clock, I go walking over to John and I was like, all freaking out and uh, big blood trail. But what ended up happening is I shot him in the neck. Uh, right. So I was aimed right here, uh, you know, frontal on the white patch. And I must have pulled it a little bit or peaked or whatever. And so I shot him right between the shoulder blades and I was shooting a terrible, terrible setup. I was shooting a 60 pound bow and I was shooting the Rage Extreme. So it was like the 2.3 inch cut. I, my boy didn't have enough kinetic energy for that broadhead, let alone, you know, to be taking that shot, you know, everything was wrong. And uh, this deer kept going up and up and up. We tracked him for like, you know, I don't know, a half a mile or so. And uh, at that point we had no sleep, you know, we were just beat. So we said, all right, we'll come back the next day. And then we ended up finding him in the Creek, um, you know, next day. But uh, yeah, so that's the highs and lows of deer hunting all in one fell swoop, but you know, know your bow, know your arrow setup. And when you're picking out your equipment, make sure, cause you might have the deer of a lifetime step out and you'll bung it up. Hey, thanks again, Adam. That was a good story and it fits perfectly for the shot of the week. Let's go ahead and get back into our interview with Zeb. It was insane to actually like, you know, I saw that buck 
a week and a half earlier and then to go back there and have him do, you know, the exact same thing. It was such a learning curve or like a learning experience for me on just how big bucks act, you know, I mean, it, it kind of comes back to the point where, you know, you hear a lot of people um, like from the hunting beast and, you know, Dan Infault talk about, you know, that buck's going to sit there because he can get away from you and he knows that's the best spot. I mean, that kind of solidified that in my mind where, I mean, that buck got away from me and he got out of there safe. And I don't know if he smelt me or just seen me or what, but he went right back in there. I don't know how many days it took him or if it even took him a day. Um, and he was doing that same thing cause he felt safe. Right. Right. And that's it too. And then gosh, I mean, even thinking like I'm learning about busting bucks and how that's actually not the end of the world. I mean, that the uh, spot that we're in work for him. Greg just took a sip of whiskey. Oh yeah. How, yep. that, how, that, how that tastes there, Greg? It's definitely a sipper. <laughs> <laughs> We're over here popping corks and pouring, pouring that put a lead in your pencil. <laughs> That's from. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I got some highlights just in front of me. Oh man, That's my other beer of choice. Uh, Jeff Vance uh, asked a question. He asked if you were in a ground blind when you shot that buck. Nope, um, I was in a climber. I kind of like the idea of a climber. My buddy was talking about it. I didn't really, really, I've never done a climber because I always thought, well, if I have to get down, it's just going to be a pain in the ass. And I'm really, you know, stuck to very specific trees. However, uh, I've started to realize that whether it's a climber, a hang on or a saddle or ground blind, whatever, there's different tools for different types of terrain and what you can get away with. And if you get a nice straight, tall tree, you can get really high up in those climbers a lot higher than you would with a couple of sticks. Well, I'm like the first um, guy in my group of buddies, and I got a pretty big hunting uh, group, and we all grew up using climbers. I mean, I used to use, like, growing up, I don't know if you guys ever remember the 30-pound, like, 35-pound River's Edge climbers that were, like, nothing but metal. I mean, they bit into the tree amazing. Yeah, they bite into the tree great, but they weigh a ton. Yeah, and that's what, you know, my brother and I had when we were, you know, 12 all the way up to you know, high school lugging those around. So then we switched to like summits and other lighter climbers. And, and I got to be honest, I, I have, don't have a lot of bad things to say about, you know, hunting out of climbers. Once you get used to them, you can monkey yourself into a lot more trees than you think you're able to. Yeah. I haven't, and I'm just, uh, well, I mean, I call my, the stand that I have been using it, the Cadillac. I mean, Greg knows more about it than I do. That, I got a better word for it. <laughs> POS. <laughs> that thing is not a Cadillac. More like Geo Metro. Oh, now I got to hear more about it. It's my dad's hand-me-down. It's like it's he's an old proud a- of it. You know? Once upon a time, API made a fairly decent stand. They were a popular stand. In fact, I, have the, I had the larger version of it until I lost the T-screw in the North Woods someplace in a Tamarack swamp. But... It's one of the old API grandstands. So they made the, the grand, the baby grand. The baby grand was actually... But there's just a ton of elbow room in that thing. You, know, you can stand up and you feel safe There's and elbow room when you trim the freaking limbs off the tree, you clown. <laughs> but there's like so much space. Elbow there's so much room. room for activities. Such an ass clown. Yeah, <laughs> room karate for activities. Yeah, he was doing karate in his stand. Yeah, yeah. 
You got to do the squats in there, you know, separate the boys from the legs every now and again. What you got to do. <laughs> the flimsy, I could steal Kevin Vestison's name for it, the flimsy flyer, because that's exactly what that thing is. But it's a beast to have on your back. It's like you're walking around the big freaking square. You, you feel like the opposite of a ninja in the woods. And um, you're a sumo wrestler in the woods is what you are. Just a fucking robot, you know, clank, tank, chang, everything is, every branch is hitting it and they're ducking through thick shit. Wonder, like, why the hell did I bring this damn oh, thing? Yeah. I'm on the ground anyways, you know? Yeah, archaic beginning stuff. I mean, my first tree stand that I bought was a secondhand lock-on with the plastic or composite platform with the carpet on it that the squirrels peeled off and made a nest out of. But I'm just now getting out of, like, some of the hand-me-down stuff. I'm only, I'm still. Yeah, you're getting some of my hand-me-down stuff, like <laughs> like my alpha and my, that's you got like, a that's set like of new, That's like some newfangled yeah, stuff. that's real newfangled stuff. Ooh. Japers. Feels like uh, I'm in the 21st century now yeah. here. But that, that, I, I mean, that's the OKS Hunter the, mantra right there. You got to you got to make it work, right? I mean, use what you got. Well, it doesn't take gear to kill deer. You just got to no. go out there and. I mean, you, look what people used to kill deer with, not to talk all like back in the day, but. It's man. it's true though. You just got to apply it. You you got to go out and try. Go out and work for it. You're gonna. Trip and fall on your face a few times. The fun part about that, though, is I have a real appreciation for all this new fancy stuff now because I suffered through some. Like, I, I talk about we talk about gum leaf boots, but I was rocking the Mickey Mouses for however long those things weigh 20 pounds of foot. They all and, have their place, though. Let's you know? be honest. The Mickey Mouse boots are going to be warmer than a rubber, well, plain old know, pair of rubber boots to a certain degree, literally. Yes. Uh, but it's just it, it's cool because if you start there, you have a. You, it seems like you might appreciate some of the other finer things in life when you get older. Some of the comfortability that you get. Anyway, I think I think I put us on a rabbit hole. hole. My Way bad. Go, rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all right. I'm right there with you. Like I just started getting the actual nice hunting clothes instead of like hodgepodge of everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I used to make fun of people with matching. Like so, I I run first light, and I used to make fun of people with everyone that I hunt with and every time we saw somebody we had special names for people like that and then now <laughs> we're the ones switching over to that because now we got a little, a little bit more money and it's like holy right. crap i can wear like three pieces of clothing and it's it's insane yep yeah i was rocking like walmart camouflage you know pants we all with did a, with, a, with a shoelace for the belt it's our know? humble beginnings we had to start from somewhere whether it was hand-me-down stuff from the neighbor or an uncle or dad or whoever yeah we all had the farm fleet walmart stuff well, it's a it's an expensive hobby to get into yeah you just can't is. go and drop money on everything you'll need out of the gate we're totally no. switching topics now because holy shit you, you got to buy camel blaze boots socks you know, underlayers, warming layers, wicking layers, but the bow, the arrows, the... You don't heads, necessarily the... need to buy all blaze. If you abide by the 50% sure. rule, sure. you can wear the good first light stuff. That's and true. And wear a vest, wear a hat, wear, you know, gloves, whatever that are out of blaze. It doesn't matter. That's true. As long as you have some blaze on your, you know, as long as you're complying with the, the rules, if you got enough blaze over the top of your good stuff, honestly, me and my uncle and my cousin... We don't buy, I haven't, I haven't bought a piece of blaze. I wear my, my bird hunting vest over the top of my right. first light stuff. That's good. That's so. good information. That's actually pretty good. Because the other stuff's expensive as yeah, shit. To, Go ahead, Zeb. Sorry I about think, that. Uh, like kind of what Greg was saying. I know um, growing up, 
the first couple of years that we went deer hunting, um, I think it was, you know, I don't know if you guys remember Wisconsin's T-zone hunts. Um, Quite well. Oh, that rings a weird bell. Hunts. Yep. Yep. So me and my brother were like 10 and 11. So we actually got to go with my dad and my grandpa and hunt. And we had like the Chicago Bull starter jackets and everything <laughs> and all like our snow pants. But then they just went out and bought a shell, a blazer on a shell, and that's what we, you know, wrapped up in. And it's like, huh, this gets by. Yeah. So you can get by with so much more than, well, the internet doesn't help at all. Because I see, like, a new saddle on the internet. It's like, yep, I need that, I need that, I need that. And then my wife comes in and, you know, kind of checks myself for me and says, I don't. <laughs> it's, you can get carried away pretty easy, though. It is. It's very easy to get carried away. You Justif- see the whole collection, and you, yeah, look at that. I we do need this. Everything, yeah. Justification's a strong medicine, man. You can justify a lot of things. But you you do some elk hunting, though, too, and I think, you know, that lends itself well to some of that stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Like, you get this for whitetail, then you're getting double oh, use out man. of it, right? So, funny thing about that is the first year we went elk hunting, it was, I think, 2016. It was me, my brother, and two of my best friends. And we took, we read an article basically that said all you need is like pillowcases, your deer hunting stuff, and pack frames. So we're like, all right, we can do this. And we ended up shooting two of them. And that one, I've got a video of on my phone. My brother's pack broke, and he's carrying my buddy's, I think, well, it's his wife, but his fiance's um, pink field line backpack on his back in his flannel shirt and his $20 cotton, you know, Walmart pants. And there, we got a five by five bull down in front of us. And it's just like, now we go out there and we've got the better gear. And it's like, yeah, it really helps when you're doing that stuff, but you don't need it to, you know, initially go. It's kind of like, yeah, it's the same. You just got to have enough to just get, gotta get out there and, yep. and get your feet wet. Yep. Who'd we talk to um, a couple weeks ago? So they brought the space blanket, Dustin Rifkin. Yeah. He's like, oh my god! I he didn't even know I had to sleep. Like, I, he's like, I didn't know I had to sleep the night out in the woods. <laughs> he's like, next thing you know, I'm surrounded by coyotes, and I'm using a space blanket to cover up and stay warm. I'm like, what the fuck? That sounds terrible, but it sounds super exciting and super. Well, yeah, he shot that mule there and was packing it out and trying to get it packed back to the truck because yeah. it was a long hike. It's funny. I ended up spending a night on the side of the mountain. All right, so I'll I'll, I'll bring us off the you know gravel and uh, grass and get us back onto the at least the dirt road here. Um, you know, but for hunting, hunting mature whitetails, it sounds like you, you tuned into some education. You got some information from Infault, um, for hill country where you're at, you put it to use and you got it done, uh, with a muzzle loader. And then again, uh, you sealed the deal with a bow. Is that right? Did I get it right? At the 20 yards? Yeah. Um, I whacked one out, uh, out west with the muzzle loader or in Nebraska, but then yeah, bow hunting, it kind of, uh, you know, shooting that one um, coming out of its bed or bedding area, that kind of clicked everything for me. And so I started really diving into it, whether it be in swamps or hills or, you know, anything, anything where I thought a big buck was living. And, uh, you know, I it actually, like, once I started putting things together, um, the more I started to see, like, good deer, it's like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? You know, I remember when I was just going out and, you know, hunting any deer, I didn't really ask the questions like, why, you know, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And then now it's like, I'm actually looking for, 
buck sign versus deer sign. And that was a big thing that kind of got me on a lot more um, nice bucks. It's kind of like taking that, I don't know what you call it, that big view and then getting down in that minute view, you know, like in this funnel, there's a strip, you know, a strip of brush that's coming through there making it a transition. Well, instead of sitting 80 yards over here, I'm going to sit next to that because if a buck comes through cruising, he's probably going to be over here, you know, relating to cover or, uh, you know, just trying to pay attention to more buck sign than anything and figuring out what it actually meant and where they're going. So really it's just a mind, it's a mindset shift too. It seems like you, you start to go from, this is fun, I'm having a good time to, well, if I'm going to spend my, all my time doing this, how do I level up? Right. So it, it really does become a bit of a personal journey to want to kind of go through the rungs and climb that ladder a little bit. And it's per it's personal growth as much as it is, is like, you know, shooting something bigger. It's not necessarily trophy hunting, but it's proving that you can learn and, and evolve and expand your horizons. Oh, absolutely. And that kind of, you know, goes back to growing up where, you know, if you saw one big buck on the side of the road when you were driving somewhere or, you know, thinking that big bucks, you know, only come out from the cave they live in for three days a year because you never seen them and all that. And then you start, you know, paying attention. And to me, like a successful hunt for me is if I see a big buck doing big buck things and he's not pressured. Like the first couple of times I started to see, you know, like what I consider a big buck, it's like, oh man, like that was a deer. He wasn't kicked on a drive. He wasn't chasing a doe. He was literally coming out. You know, I a lot of my best luck is like during the so-called October lull. You know, I don't believe in it, but that's what a lot of people know that time frame as. And it's just when you can catch them doing their everyday things. And it's just kind of once you see them do it, you can realize, you know, I don't have to be right more than once, but he's got to be right every time. And it's just catching him when he slips up and he's wrong that day and hopefully getting an arrow into him. It's a good perspective. It's right on. I like that quite a bit, actually. He's got to be right every day. I only got to be right once. So much. <laughs> exactly. And it's so much more fun, too, thinking like, hey, if I go and I see a big buck, like, that's a win. I mean, I'm going to do the same thing, almost the same thing. Like, I'm going to. You can ask any one of my hunting buddies. I see a big buck on stand. First thing I'm doing when I get home is calling everyone. <laughs> Just like I shot him. Because to me, that's success. Like, that's something I couldn't do, I don't know, five, ten years ago or didn't have the patience to do. I don't know what um, what you want to call it. But there's a lot of little things that go into it now. And when it comes together, it's like, oh, man. Yep. I yeah, saw a big one. Yeah, I do yeah. the same thing with my, with my buddies and my dad. I'm like, you wouldn't believe what happened tonight. And they're like, did you go? And I'm like, well, no, but I saw him. <laughs> you know, like, I was real close. Yep. I'm closing the gap. And, and that that's that's something to me. You know, that's a bonus right there. You sit in the woods all damn day and not see a damn thing. But you see a big buck and it's like, holy shit. You know, yep. I'm, actually, I'm actually getting somewhere here with all this stuff. Yeah, it's all part of your evolution. Yep. You know, we all evolve differently. And some people are happy with sticking to doing what they're doing, going out and killing a deer. And some of us want to progress and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's just fun. Like I love hunting deer in general. Cause I love, 
I mean, for lack of better terms, I just love killing whitetails. Like I love shooting does. I love eating them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, my tactics kind of don't change even if my buck tag's filled. Um, I had pretty much like the best year I've ever had. I think it was two years ago. I had five different encounters with shooters that I could have like, they were damn near slam dunk shots. I mean, I say that, but there's no slam dunk shot in whitetail hunting. Um, but I shot the first one and he was a beautiful buck. Um, my biggest one to date, but I ended up seeing some really nice deer and it was that same thing. Like, you know, I was talking to one of my buddies that, uh, you know, he's in the, in the game now where he's hunting buck bedrooms and your buck bedding areas and stuff like that. And, you know, we were talking and he's like, just hunt like you got a buck tag. And I did that. And I learned so much the past two years, or it would have been two years ago. Um, actually, I had to pass my dream buck because I had a buck tag. I mean, just a beautiful, probably 20-inch, 10-pointer, tall times. And I just, I videotaped them. I got video, so. <laughs> That's cool. There's that. That's better than nothing. Sometimes it's good to see them. Like you said, then you know they exist, right? Yep. That's pretty cool, man. Um, yeah, my, oh, go ahead. My wife kind of, oh, go ahead. No, no, you, you're the guest. You go ahead. Came along in the, uh, my wife, Allison, kind of came along in the in the right time where I was transitioning into this. Um, her second year of bow hunting, I found just a beautiful buck bedroom. And, uh, I mean, it was like a little popple slash next to some oaks. And it was, I actually missed our elk trip that year. So it was the only day I've been able to hunt, like, opening night of bow season in the past, like, five years. And I found the tree, like, in the spring, because I do a ton of spring scouting. Um, you know, the cool term nowadays is boots on the ground, so all that. And uh, I took her in there, and there was a rub right next to where I parked the truck, pointing towards um that popple bedroom and i was like huh we might have a chance of killing this deer so i told her you know she's gonna be like 60 yards away but the oaks you know we've got the tree cover and everything and i told her if you break a branch like you need to stop you know take your time because you know we're she was hunting in the climber at the time and uh long story short right before dark this 10 pointer came out and she whacked it and i was like huh all right well i'm counting that as a win yeah, no kidding. Oh, right shit. off the parking oh, lot, was, uh, real close. It's an oh, overlooked spot. Yeah, it was probably it was probably about 200 yards from where we parked the truck. Still, that's not a bad walk. It, it, oh, no, it was, you know, and there's a lot of, like, different tactics that I have now. And it was actually, like, pretty close to a road. But, you know, like, on public land when I'm hunting, even if I'm hunting, like, 75 yards off the road, I'll park half a mile to a mile and I'll walk down the road or somewhere else because, I mean, you guys have been sitting in a tree stand. You can hear a truck on gravel or oh, yeah. even on pavement for a long time. Mm -hmm. You can even hear somebody pedaling their bike down a gravel path for a long ways. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and my, my thought process, you know, from going from any deer to big deer has really started to think about all that stuff, like trying not to mess up and step on branches and worried about where my wind's going um, when I'm walking in versus like, um, and when I'm walking out or looking at the weather conditions and public's a little different for me um, as far as like the game plan with like over, because, you know, a lot of people talk about um, those overlook spots sure. and 
a lot. <laughs> so you guys can stop me if I'm just rambling too. No, no, nope. keep going. You're yeah, on to something. Keep pouring more fuel on the so, fire. Uh, there's a couple things that, you know, nowadays when I get to a public spot, especially down here where there's a lot of pressure in like the hills and stuff come rut. You know, I, as soon as I get out of the truck, I think, man, everyone's hunting. You know, the term nowadays is beast style hunting buck bedrooms. And I was like, oh, man. So everyone here is hunting the exact same areas that I want to go. When, you know, the reality is the internet makes it seem like everyone's doing it, but not everybody is. And I try to be the first one in to any bedding area that I know of before the end of October. So my thought on that is with public land, if somebody's going to F it up, it's going to be me going in there and F it up when I think I have a chance of shooting a deer coming out of there. Cause I cast like a pretty large net, um, all the public, like you could probably drive or draw like a circle that encompasses about an hour and a half around my house. Like I'll check out anything and everything that looks good. And then I'll, I'll think about it and see that guy, I'll look at the wind, look how I think the conditions are. And it might be, 80 degrees but it's got a west wind and i know next week you know there's going to be a kid's youth hunt or something when this would probably be the better spot to go in like around halloween all right well i'm going in there and sometimes it works um sometimes it doesn't like the deer's not there or it doesn't come out but i don't really worry about it because i don't run a ton of trail cams i'm going to try to get better at running trail cams but i really like just going all over and not having to worry about like checking my cams um that being said i got my cell cam this year for the first time so that's, uh, that should make it easier well and, um, and it love it, it's yeah, just going to add another layer of obsession to this just so you know I'm just gonna throw that out oh there. man i've already been getting them like sent to me and <laughs> i told my wife like the first time um i got pictures i was like so me and my wife actually met on tinder batting a thousand percent on tinder not a lot of people can say that um, <laughs> i told her i was like um she calls my cell cam my mistress now because i'm always checking it at night <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> i told her it was better than tinder one day and i don't know how she took it but <laughs> that's pretty great actually i met my wife on okcupid i'm a little bit older uh so i was tinder was like a little bit before like i was before tinder I don't know if I could have handled all that jazz, all that jazz, but that's pretty that's pretty funny. Shit works, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one and done here. Sw- one and done. Swipe right on that buck and see the next one, right? <laughs> or, or, or left. I don't know yeah, actually which direction is good or bad. So it's funny. I'll hang out with my buddies that are still saying, I'm like, they'll be on Tinder. I'm like, I'll start swiping. I'm like, dude, no, 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 don't swipe that way. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. I just messed everything up. Yep. I think that's pretty funny. Well, dude, what, um, you know, you've been hunting for a long time. You've, you've hunted some elk, you've hunted uh, lots of whitetail. Do you have, you know, uh, a memorable hunt that, that you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of told the one where the bedding areas and that one on the point, that was, that was pretty crazy. But I think, uh, I'm going to take this back to, when I didn't care about shooting, you know, a nice buck like I do now. So in college, 
um, we always hunted in groups and it was me, my brother and, uh, our best friend, his name's beard. Well, I call him beard. His real name doesn't matter. We'll <laughs> refer to him as beard. And, uh, so, you know, we were up North, um, and we were hunting an area that we always typically hunt. And it's, it's basically a big red pine planting. And, you know, we got this grand plan where we're going to go in here. We're going to spread out in this red pine planting because there's always deer moving through there. And it's just a, just one of those spots where, you know, there was always whitetails and we always saw them and we ended up always shooting them. And it was a weekend um, in college. So long story short, we leave the truck and we got this grand plan. We're all going to spread out. All right. Well, all right, here we go. We're going to spread out. And of course we part ways and we can see each other's flashlights and it's starting to get a little darker or lighter. And I realized Beard's only about 50 to 60 yards away from me. And we're basically set up in a triangle. We called it the triangle of death after we got set up. And he's set up about 50 yards away from me. My brother's right behind him, probably about 80 yards from him and 80 yards from me. And I'm basically like the tip of the triangle. And it's getting light. It's getting light. And we're joking like, oh, man, if a deer comes in here, like this deer is so screwed. This is the triangle of death. And uh, we're sitting there and it's getting light. And I was had a gun too, but I was like, I might as well blow this a couple of times, you know, cover up some noise that we made or whatever. And I look over and I, I'm looking at Beard and he's standing up. And I was like, well, Beard, you don't know him, but he's not a guy that typically stands in his stand if he doesn't have to. And I was like, oh, something's going to happen. I better not touch my grunt tube. A little while later, I see this deer walking towards me from him. And I was like, well, typically deer don't, you know, make it away from him without getting an arrow. So he must not have had a shot. And it's getting light. It's, you know, it's past shooting hours right now, but in the pines, it's pretty dark. And the deer makes it over to me at about 25, 30 yards probably. And I think I got a lane, so I pull back. And I think it's a doe and I shoot goes right underneath her like, you've got to be kidding me like you know my hunting buddies are the first ones to you know give me a whole lot of shit for missing and they just watched me miss and the deer just kind of keeps feeding and goes around in front of me and comes out at another probably like 35 yards and i was like all right i got this so i pull back and i let loose and my aerial just goes into oblivious like when it gets about 15 feet from my tree so i think i didn't take into account the sticks that I didn't see right in front of me. But long story short, the deer doesn't even know what's going on, just keeps feeding and messing around and it kind of leaves. And I was like, oh man, I'm never going to live this down. All of a sudden I look and the deer turns around and it's head right towards my brother. And I was like, this ain't good. Shit. It gets about 20 yards from Zach and he whacks it. And I won't believe the whack that I heard. I was like, nope, you hit a tree. So I started making fun. He goes, no, you idiot. There's blood on the ground. I just hit that deer and it went towards the truck. So me and Beard get over there and we start tracking it. And they're just making fun of me, making fun of me. And we get over there and it's a spike buck. But you know, in Wisconsin, it's got to be three inches. It's right there at that. Is it three inches? Is it not three inches? And uh, we ended up getting the dollar bill out, looking at it. And luckily, somebody had a tape measure in their truck, and it ended up being like two and three-quarter inches long. So, I mean, I was sitting there, like, just jumping up and down for joy because I didn't have to burn my buck tag because I missed it. And then Zach hit it, and he was making fun of me, and now he's got to burn his buck tag because we thought it was a doe. 
and uh, turned out being under the, you know, legal buck limit. So just got tagged as a doe, but that was one that we still talk about that uh, is going to go down in the books for us anyways, as a group. You may remember that he, she, you tried to shoot at. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Oh, yeah. the, the triangle of death. That's pretty good, man. I like that a lot. You get so excited that things are going to work out the way that, you know, you, you think they're going to. And when you got your buddies on your side, you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is foolproof. And it was. Oh, you man, guys killed a deer. Like, it was a triangle of death. It really was. Man, confidence is 99% of deer hunting. I don't care what anybody says. When That's I true. go deer hunting, I don't care who's around me. If I'm leaving, I'm like, I'm going to go kill a giant. Say it every time. Nice. Does it happen every time? Absolutely not. But it's just fun for me to, you know, kind of get jacked up about it. It helps to build your confidence for the moment of truth anyway. Or you just psyched yourself out and totally brainwashed yourself. Yeah, what's Waterboy say? Visualize an attack? Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I did that before and ended up shooting uh, uh, like a year and a half old eight-pointer. And I thought it was like the biggest buck in the country because I told myself a spike had just came by me. And I was like, yep, the big one's coming, the big one's coming. And as soon as I saw a little bit of rack, I didn't even look anymore, and I just shot it, and I got over to it. And I, and I had already called, like, my wife, like, God, I just shot the biggest bug if I get home. <laughs> She's like, um, did you find this one on the road? I was like, nope, this is him, and I stand by my decision. <laughs> <laughs> stand, by my, stand by what I said, damn it. <laughs> yeah. At the it. end of the day, man, that's what it's about. If it gets your ticker going, that's, you shouldn't be disappointed. No, Absolutely. and that's just it. That's how it works, man. It was my buddy Jared down in uh, Arkansas say so says, you know, whatever gets your pee hot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> He's got a lot you of funny things. A, me and my brother talk about it all the time. It's one of those things. Like, man, I wish I could walk into the woods and not care about, you know, what kind of deer I want to shoot anymore like and i'm not saying that in a bad way but like you know i want to shoot a nice buck every year now well trail right. cams kind of and may, if i just thought as i say trail cams may have goofed that up a little bit you know because now you're expecting to see what you've seen on the trail cam and if you don't you're kind of like well i want to hold off for that big one that i saw on the camera and so maybe there's a little bit of disappointment baked into every you know sighting that you have and before all of that ever existed you never knew what the hell was coming your way you had no clue Oh, man. And you had to make a different type of judgment and decision, you know? Yep. No, you hit it right on the head there. Like, that's – and that's so much fun to do that, too. Like, that's what I love elk hunting so much. Like, when we go out there, we get tags that you can shoot a cow, calf, or bull, and as soon as I see an elk coming at my way, I start getting elk fever because I know I'm going to try to send an arrow at it. And it's just – it reminds me of, you know, growing up deer hunting when I just knew a deer was coming and – you get jacked up and oh, yeah, that's cool that i for, i didn't even consider that that maybe you know we're not putting truck comes out in freaking wyoming or colorado or anywhere like no oh, we're gonna go and we're gonna be like we see stuff we're shooting it yeah we're getting an elk that's meat for like a year a, you know or two elk that's exactly that's what we're out there for we're not trophy elk yep. hunters talk to my buddy joel and he's like dude i'll shoot a cow i'll shoot a bull i'll shoot whatever like that's meat yep that's a lot of meat you know mm-hmm. we split that between the two of us we're good to go for the next year at least absolutely man that's what that's what we do when we go out we uh you know if you shoot one we split it between all four guys and it's like man people tell me like they were they were in cows and stuff and they pass it's like have you ever ate elk 
Because if you've ever eaten elk, I don't know how in the world you could ever yeah. pass one. How are you passing like, that? I just don't get it. Because the quality of meat is superb. I want elk burgers so bad. I've had elk burgers. I've had elk steaks. I've had an elk roast. My wife will tell you it's sweeter than venison. Mm-hmm. Probably because of the grass that it eats or whatever. But it's phenomenal. I would... I'd be very oh, happy man. to, to tag. I'll shoot anything, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, if, it's an, if it starts cow. with an E and ends with a K, I'm shooting it. Yep. Right? Oh, yep. boy. Yeah, the barking. first elk I shot, I didn't even know what was on its head. It just, we jumped them, and there was a bunch standing in front of us. I picked out a body, and I whacked it. It's like, walked up to it. We're like, okay, yep, it's cow. Awesome. <laughs> great. That's an elk. Let's eat the back straps. Let's go. Yep. You know, that's great. The filet mignon. God, inner, I want some back loins. straps, man. I want some back straps no, so no. bad. You're, you're missing the boat here. Inner loins. All right, fine. Whatever. And but I'm talking about, I'm talking about whitetail right now. I got, I got, yeah. I got whitetail. Even still, whitetail, inner loins. Come on. Really? Yep. This is why you and don't take your shit you, to the butcher. I don't butcher. know if you guys eat the heart or not, but. I do eat the heart. I personally Sick. do. I, no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a little more irony tasting, but you, you tenderize it. You can put a little breading on it and pan fry it or. God, I'm so hungry. Oh, we didn't eat so dinner delicious. tonight. Well, I might even eat a hoof if I have to. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Just gnawing it like a dog. Yeah. I'm all about that life. <laughs> I'm all about that hoof life. <laughs> Big buck mentality. <laughs> New shirt right there. Yeah. There you go. Well, this has been fun, What's Zeb. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on with us, dude. Sorry you can't be in studio because, I mean, you're in Wisconsin, but you're still kind of far. So You're about two and a half hours away. Yeah, we wouldn't expect you to drive here on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm down. It was fun. Um, you know, long time listener, second time caller. Just nice to be on, be able to bullshit with you guys for a while. That's, That's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah, we we wanted. That's the whole goal. We wanted to be uh, the listener show. We don't, you know, we don't know what we're talking about. We want to have everyone else do the talking. You bet. It's we just always we just drink. Stories. Well, I don't know if your ratings are. You brought me on, so your ratings might go down a little lower. <laughs> <Nah>, that's <laughs> fine. We can I tend to f up a lot, but <laughs> we can handle it. It just tells us you're human if yeah. you f up a lot because yeah. we both f up a lot. That's the case. It's good stuff. Well, dude, we'll end the live feed. Uh, thanks for for jumping on, like we said, and and uh, we'll keep you on for just a minute to debrief. But man, good luck this season. Yeah, thanks for being uh, on. Thanks, you guys too. Thanks for having me on. What's up, everyone? Anthony Holler with Deervane here, and this week's tip of the week is don't be afraid to sit scrapes outside of the pre-rut or the rut. Scrapes are acti- actually active year-round, or at least certain ones, and if you're, you're scouting or you're actually hunting this year in September and you come across a scrape and it does look fresh, you know, there's paw prints in the ground, um, you know, the branches are broken, they look fresh, freshly broken, Um, or you may, may even see like pee right in that scrape. Don't be afraid to sit that in September. Um, because like I said, uh, they're active year round and they're kind of used as like a check-in station. So bucks can come in, check out what other bucks are in the area, what does are in the area. And same with does, they can come in, see what other does are around and what other bucks are in the area as well. So, um, you know, if you come across one, maybe even if at the very least throw a trail camera on it or mark it in your brain for a future sit. But um, yeah, if you got no other options, try sitting a scrape in September. You never know what can come along. All right. Hope that helps, guys. Catch you later.
Hey, thanks, Anthony. That was a great tip. I uh, might be putting that to use here pretty soon. The opener just so happens to be here in Wisconsin, my daughter's three-year-old birthday, so I won't be out probably that first week and at least not that the 12th. Um, anyways, just a couple things about what's going on with Where to Hunt. Uh, Greg and I are going to be heading up to Stevens Point, Wisconsin to go uh, help out at the HHA USA shoot that they have going on for the Honor Flight. Um we're going to bring our podcasting stuff up there and do some podcasting live from Stevens Point at the uh, HHA shoot. So that'll be a ton of fun. And then uh, our next giveaway is right around the corner in September. So we'll be making some announcements about the products we'll be giving away. If you're not familiar with our giveaway that we're doing every three months or every quarter, uh, you can go to the link in our bio and Instagram and you can learn more. Essentially, if you subscribe to our Patreon account for five bucks a month, uh, you get entered into a drawing to win. And we've given away some pretty cool stuff on our first one, like a saddle, uh, some arrows, some coffee, and a couple other things, some t-shirts from a few different companies and such. So a pretty neat thing. Uh, the next one, we will make the announcement. I won't I won't give anything away uh, here just yet, other than I think some of you guys know that HHA has already uh, opted to give some stuff away from that one. We talked with Chris Ham a couple months ago um, for that. So that's great. And then Rut Club Radio is starting off pretty soon in September also, where we take calls from uh, listeners around the country to report on rut activity. So that'll be fun. And that's brought to you by Heated Hunts. So uh, they'll be back on board this season for some more giveaways too. What else? What else? What else? Gosh. Uh, Hopefully you guys all like the Tactic Talk stuff. We have a good one coming on this week. Uh, We're rolling with those. Our memorable hunts are still rolling. So just lots of stuff happening. And uh, yeah. I don't know, cheers, drink scotch, drink bourbon, drink whiskey for drinking all that stuff now, along with the bush lattes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we're pretty jacked about this particular season coming up. There's just a lot of fun things that we're doing and working on and and leveling up as hunters, as deer hunters. So uh, stay tuned for more. If you like the show, give us a rating and review on iTunes. That that goes a long way for us and uh, help spread the word, share it, you know. And uh, yeah, we had decals for sale on the website now too. I saw an order come through tonight so i gotta get that fulfilled here when we're done recording but if you want anything or have any questions or want to share a story for the shot of the week or or a memorable hunt just send it on over or uh, ask questions we'll be happy to answer what we can and help you out thanks everybody have a great day have a great week and hunt public